Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-N on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Oilers in the Vancouver Canucks. It's 1234 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brandon Escott. We've got Louis DeBrusque coming up in 23 seconds time. Brian Burke today at uh, 105. One of the things I'm going to ask Brian, given the fact that uh, Bob Nicholson is in on a uh, GM search, is what goes into that. And uh, so we'll have a an open dialogue, and I'm also going to ask him a bit about uh, Brad Marchand, maybe baiting the Maple Leafs with his comments on Mitch Marner. Again, uh, Brian Burke's appearances every Thursday on Oilers Now for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Full disclosure, the alumni are on the ice as we speak. To uh, have a little bit of an alumni skate, Louis DeBrusque is... uh, uh, participating in that, so we decided to pre-tape uh, Louis earlier this morning. Let's get to that conversation. Louis, the Edmonton Oilers have run off three straight victories here. Uh, there's some good things happening right now with this hockey team, and now they've got a huge four-game stretch at home, but uh, there's lots of different uh, discussion points. Uh, Miko Koskinen, you know, better than a 9.20 save percentage. It starts there, and the game in Buffalo, the Oilers had a tough first period. Koskinen didn't give anything up in the second and third. You need your goalie to stop pucks. You do, and I like how he, he responds Responded in that game, and you know that, that's the the most impressive thing about Koskinen. And I, I've heard you talk about it many times on your show, and um, you and I have discussed it. The fact that he's a battler, you know, and that's probably his biggest asset at six foot seven, is that he do, he stays in the fight. No matter what's going on, he's gonna he's gonna stay in there and battle through. And with his good work ethic, he's he's developing his skill sets under Dustin Schwartz, where he's he's starting to come back in game. So you give up a couple goals, but you. You come back and you shut the door at the right time. And that's the most important thing for a goaltender is making the saves at the appropriate time. Uh, when the game's on the line, you want your goaltender to be that big-time player and, and make those saves. And the last few games, Koskinen's really looked like he's been dialed in. So good job on him. He's given them the the goaltending they need, and he's getting the run support from his team. How different does this team look with Oscar Clefbaum, Chris Russell, 
and Andre Sekera all in the lineup. The Oilers are five, one, and two since Sekera has returned. Yeah, you know what? It's been it's been a bigger impact than I thought, and you know, especially for me, the subtle little plays that he makes out of the zone, and also the plays that he makes on the offensive blue line. He he has a lot of patience and poise, and can make those little plays on the offensive blue line. Uh, he has a confidence there, and and I think. You know, to be honest, I, I questioned whether or not he was going to come back and be able to sustain with the speed of the game now. With the injuries that he sustained over the last few seasons, those are difficult ones to overcome. But um, i got to admit, he looks really good. He looks great. I think he's come in, he's quick, he's moving the puck fast, and he's making offensive plays and sound plays at the line, which they were missing. They were lacking that defenseman that had that poise and control at the line. And there's no question Sekera has that. Clefbaum obviously is a horse. He goes out there, he logs a ton of minutes, goes up against the top competition. He solidifies that whole back end and allows them to put Darnell Nurse down into the second pairing where I think he's a better fit, you know, where I think he can, you know, go up against different matchups and, and excel in that regard. And yeah, this is the first stretch of games this year where they've had their six best defensemen in the lineup, and it's showing. Uh, you know, we'd be remiss without mentioning Matt Benning has been a plus player every year and slotted in a third pairing role is an effective, very effective player at the NHL level. Absolutely. You know, and that's that's the thing. You know, when you look at the depth of the defense right now, like I was saying, this is because of injuries. They haven't been able to put the six guys they want to put into the lineup up until this last 10-11 game stretch where guys are getting healthy and coming back in. And um, you look at the pairings, I like the way it's set up. You've got the top pairing. With Clefbaum and Larson, Darnell, Nurse, and Russell have played together. They've found a comfort level together. I think Russell right now has uh, elevated his battle level. Looks like he's fresh. And then, you know, in the third pairing, I think Andre Secker has helped Matt Benning. I think that, that poison control that he plays the game with, he gives good outlets for Benning. He can make a quick pass. Uh, those two have really solidified, too. So it's, it's they've played together in the past a bit, and now they're playing together again. So there's a comfort factor there, and it shows in the games. Um, the control they have, not only defending, but for me more importantly, how quickly they're getting out of the zone, but on the offensive blue line. I look back, you know, three games ago to that Ottawa game, the shot that Matt Benning took. It was the work of Sekera, though, to delay on the blue line, hold the puck, gets it over to Benning. He gets into the net quickly because he can shoot the puck really well, and he's starting to really use that shot, and it resulted in a goal in front just by bouncing off a skate and going to the right guy. And that's, that's something that the breaks that are created off of the play that happened before that at that offensive blue line. Too often this year, I think Edmonton was outside of that line. They weren't protecting that line. They weren't confident enough to step up on that line. They've been way more confident on that offensive blue line. It shows having the, the six strongest defensemen in their lineup. We're joined right now by Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Oilers analyst on Oilers Rogers uh, regional broadcast as well as Hockey Night in Canada. So Louis, uh, geez, we've, we've gone about five minutes into this interview and we haven't talked about a guy who scored <laughs> 17 goals in 18 games. Yeah. Second in the NHL with 41 goals. He's on 11 game point streak. And, you know, people say, well, he's got to drive his own line. And we're going to get to another factor in driving on a line, which you got to help, help, help on the wings as well. But let's focus on Dreisaitl and what he has done. It's been really remarkable, and it's amazing the confidence that he's playing with. And he's had a terrific year offensively this year throughout it. It's not like he's really suffered at any stretch where he just wasn't putting up points. He's been consistent all year long, but he's taken it to a whole new level in the last little while. And... 
for me, the amazing thing with Dreisaitl is there's no question he possesses a great shot, but it's the poise and strength that he has in the offensive zone, holding on to pucks, fending off opponents, and making those little passes look so easy that aren't easy. You've got the best players in the world trying to defend you and take a puck off you, and he just bats them off like they're nothing. He really is strong down low in the zone. Um, no question there's a chemistry there with McDavid. When they play together, they, they just find one another. He's a shooter on that line, and he's really shown to be that, that heavy shot that he possesses, and he's just red hot right now. I mean, he's everything's going in for him. The other aspect of his game right now for me, when he's confident, he's moving his feet. Yep. When he's moving his feet, the defensive zone comes naturally for him too. He's not flying by on plays. He stops more often. He's stronger on pucks. Therefore, you're spending less time in the defensive zone, and when the puck does turn over, it's that quick acceleration back up the ice on the offense. So um, He's in a position now, what you saw last game, he split up McDavid and Dreisaitl, and that, it worked because he's got some support on the wings as well. All right, support on the wings. Did we see Zach Cassian being one of those guys that could support? I mean, about four years ago, he was on a line with the Sedins, and I think he had like 14 goals and 29 points or something like that. Uh, right now, he's on a nine-goal, 14-point run over the last 22 games, uh, playing mostly with Connor McDavid, but he's done some good work there. He's done some excellent work there, and I, I think he's really grabbed a bull by the horns in the sense on that line. Listen, coming in, first-round draft pick, Zach Cassian, big guy, can skate, had all the tools. It was a matter of putting it together, and I think he's... I said this about a week and a half, two weeks ago, that I thought he was playing the best hockey that I've seen him play as an Edmonton Oiler. And I, I still I still have that same feeling right now. He's playing the best that I've seen him play as an Oiler, maybe the best he's ever played in the National Hockey League. He's playing a consistent, physical game. He had a huge hit against Buffalo. You know, so he's, he's not getting away right. from the things that make him successful. Being aggressive on the forecheck, being physical on the forecheck, hounding pucks, holding on to pucks. But now when he gets himself into positions and he gets to the net, he's putting the puck in the net. And you know what? He opens up a little bit of space on that line. He still has that crazy element to his game where the opposition never really knows what Zach Cassian's going to do on each each shift that he's out there. And it opens up a little space. It's a real nice chemistry of McDavid. And I do believe that because he's had that chemistry there, it's allowed them to put Dreisaitl when he wants Ken Hitchcock on a line of his own and he's been so dominant as of late that he can run his own line so you have to have that run support as centerman you have to have wingers that are the number one have a chemistry with the centerman do the work on that line and and can fill those needs in order to split up McDavid and Dreisaitl Sam Gagne to me is another guy that although he's been suppressed down the lineup and was put into a fourth line role he somehow found a way to climb up the lineup and be in the top six by the end of the game and not only be in the top six have an impact, have a goal, have an assist, have a big shift that kind of turns the momentum. So you like to see that. That's called competition from within. Guys are trying to fight for more ice time to be on a better line, and look what happens. It, it brings out the best in everybody, and they haven't had that for a while here. So, uh, you know, the Oilers have went 3-1-1 on the road trip. They were 2-0-1 uh, at home, so it's, you know, it's over the course of the last uh, eight games, it's five wins and points in seven and eight. They got four straight at home here. <laughs> Is it a must that they win all four, or they got to win again? Well, I mean, one game at a time, but for me... It's the starts. For me, it's the way they come out of the gates. It's the way they come into this building. And do you, do you get as frustrated as I do when yeah. you're not working a game and you're watching the Oilers play? Yeah. Like they were flatted Ottawa out Absolutely. of the gate yeah. and flatted Buffalo. And they found ways to win, which is a real positive. Yeah. But you can't continually 
give the opposition an advantage early in games and think that you're going to be able to come back every game. You have to start coming into the game with the attitude that we have to be the better team out of the gates. It just leads and is the first step in a real solid game. And we talk about 60 minutes. You can't have a solid 60 if you don't play a solid first. So from right from the get-go, this team just has to have the mentality that they're going to play like they do in most thirds, like they do when they're behind a little bit. They, they come out and they're desperate, they're aggressive, and they work. And there's been some changes. It hasn't been as long for them to switch that on. But it's definitely a weakness in their game that they're going to have to get under control if they want to have success at home, which they have a ton of games at home here, and they're going to have to really find a way to put a good stretch together here at Rogers Place to, to make this a real tough building to play. My, my attitude is they've got 16 games left. Okay, If they don't get at least 8 wins, they've got nobody to blame but themselves if they don't make the playoffs. I think they got to find a way to win 8 of those games. Lou, you do a lot of Canucks games. I think Travis Green's a hell of a coach. I mean, uh, they've got some real uh, good young players. Uh, they've had a ton of injuries. They've stayed competitive. They've battled. They battled back again last night. Just a thought on this Vancouver team we're going to see tonight. Yeah, they don't really go away. You know, that's the thing. And I think that is Travis Green. He's a real competitive guy. And I think that competitiveness has kind of seeped into the players um, because of the way he coaches and, and what he teaches and what he talks about. Good coaching staff there. And they, they really do play a high-octane game. So they're fast. They're aggressive. And that's the exact type of game that he wanted to play two years ago when he came in, or last year when he came in for his first year and carried over into this year. Talking with the players, the training camps were the hardest training camps they've ever had, but that was the pace and the identity that he wanted his team to play with, and now they're, they've really followed through in that. Um, they've had a ton of injuries, which has really set them back in certain, certain times throughout the season, but they always seem to find a way to get back and play as a team. They have elite offensive skill and a few guys. You know, Pedersen's had having an amazing year. A little bit of a downstretch here for him right now. But, I mean, Brock Besser is always dangerous when, he, when he's on the ice. And Bo Horvat, for me, is a guy that is, a great second line is, is developing into a tremendous 200-foot guy that's yep. really hard to play against. Kind of, I always say a little bit like Jonathan Taze. You know, doesn't get uh, the razzle-dazzle kind of effect that Patrick Kane gets. That's the Pedersen aspect. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if, you, if you're going to go and play against someone, that's not the guy you want to play against for 20-25 minutes in a night because he's tough to play against. So, doesn't get the respect sometimes that I think he deserves. But listen, they're a team that uh, I think overwhelms teams with their speed. Typically, they can come out and be really aggressive early on. That'll be important for Edmonton to match that and exceed that if they can early because they will come out of the gates very hard. All right, one final one for you, Louie. Uh, you know, my memories of watching uh, the Oilers and the Canucks, I mean, in the 80s, Edmonton obviously kind of had Vancouver's number. The Oilers were, you know, five cups in seven years, and Edmonton had tough teams. Teams. You were part of those tough teams in the 90s when they had Gino Ojic. And I specifically remember a buddy of yours, Shane Corson, and Dana Merzen one night in Vancouver. And it was ugly. And Shane Corson could do that to you. But what do you, I mean, was it inevitable? Did you know every time you went into Vancouver that you were going to end up going against uh, Gino Ojic back in the day? Well, you, th you thought you were anyway. And you certainly felt like you were, just depending on how the game went. Because they had some good teams, yeah. 92, 93, well, they, 93, 94, yep. the final. They had really good teams, and that was the thing. They were they they kind of set the tone of the game with how they came out. So not only were they big and strong and physical, they were offensive. They played a solid game. 
and they really made us be on our toes that way too. So depending on how it went either way, if somebody ran up the score, then it was time to go out there and look for something to happen on the ice afterwards. But yeah, Gino, I thought I was going to fight him every game. I don't know how many times I ended up fighting him, but it was a lot. But they had other guys too. Uh, Gerald Diddick was a guy back there. That Edmonton guy. Yeah. yeah, you know what? He was a, he was a tough customer back there. I know that he was uh, he was always looking to stir things. Mameso up. was there. Mameso. I mean, he was another big guy that wasn't afraid to stir the pot as well. And they, they, they just had a, a bunch of characters that, you know, played hard. And uh, But Dana did get it the one time against Course, didn't he? And, yeah, Cor- and Shane yeah, Corson yeah. could do that to you. Yeah, you know, and Dana was another big guy that was like... Lumbering. So he was huge. And the thing was, he uh, he leaned on you. He was a little dirty at times. And, you know, I, I tried fighting him a couple times. That's actually how I fought Ojek the first time was that he rubbed me out and threw a little bit of an elbow along the wall. And I turned around and dropped the gloves with him. And next thing I know, Gino was there to, to take the fight. And that was the, my, my welcoming to the to the Vancouver Evanston battle as Gino Ojek and I went at a rate in Evanston here and um, you know what they, they were a tight team they battled for one another and so did we we had some games where it was almost every second whistle it seemed like three guys had dropped the gloves and were holding it's awesome you know? it was not awesome <laughs> if you were in but, it uh, one, of, one of my favorite fights though was actually Diddick and, and, and Scott Thornton Scott Thornton and Gerald Diddick went at it right in front of our bench and it was literally a punch in the face contest for about 30 seconds <laughs> and uh, I just because Thornton was yeah. all offense, oh, yeah. was and, and Diddick was that time too. And it was like, well, I don't think Diddick gave him the respect he deserved. I don't think Thornton gave Diddick the respect he deserved, which made a great fight because they just absolutely went at it. But when it, you could you could feel the punches. It was so close to our bench. I lied. One more thing, Brad Marchand, the master manipulator. <laughs> uh, look, Jake's yeah. having a wonderful year. Made an awesome play to win a game for the Bruins in overtime on a setup for David Krejci. But Brad Marchand already stirring the pot with the Maple Leafs. Mitch. Marner's got to get 12 million. You gotta love the gamesmanship, don't you? Yeah, you know what? Just just a little jab in there to know, you know, to, to let them know that they're aware of the fact that they are good, and we're gonna try and knock you down a couple levels and un- let you understand that you're probably gonna get into a log jam here in the summertime with trying to sign the players that you need to sign. But just a little seed that was planted by a guy that's pretty good at planting seeds in the league. Always on his A game, that guy, Marshawn. Whether you like him, he's a hell of a player. Him, it doesn't matter. Player. He's a hell of a player but he knows how to stir the pot with the best of them and obviously got the response that he was looking for. Great stuff, Louie. Thank you for your time. All right. Uh, that's Louis DeBrusque. This text comes in on our Heartland Ford text line at 1250 at Edmonton. Bobby, try this for just once. Go a whole Oilers Now show without referencing fighting in the 80s or 90s. Baby steps, Bobby. Baby steps. That comes to us from Topher, who, as we all know, uh, I don't know if he's a troll, but he uh, loves to have fun with us on the show. We've, I, I think we just sent out on our Oilers Now account the actual Scott Thornton versus Gerald Diddick Rock'em Sock'em Robots battle, and it was old school, and it was a punch-in-the-face contest. Zach, out of Slave Like Bob, I told you about the go Cassian should be in the top six. You told me you disagreed. Glad uh, somebody finally proved you wrong. Well, he's played, like, since Chris, you know, basically since the New Year, Zach Cassian has been the owner's third or fourth best forward most nights. And uh, the top two guys are two of the top eight scores in the NHL. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Doug says, hey, Bob, why don't you ask Brian Burke if he would consider taking over all of the owner's hockey operations? Obviously, Nicholson has been given a free pass for all the pro... Uh, for all the problems, and here is one of the best hockey administrators wasting away doing hockey panel work on TV. 
It may not be pretty, but he'd get the job done. That one comes to us from Doug. I, I got to tell you, I'd say there's a lot of people out there that would disagree with you on Brian Burke, and it's, uh, frankly, at the time in which P- uh, Peter Shirelli was hired, I went back on the text for the shows over the next couple days, and it was about 80 to 90% approval ratings at that time. It is 12.52 at Edmonton. It's a game night. It's the Edmonton Oilers. It's the uh, Vancouver Canucks. We'll get to more texts uh, when we return here on the show at Rogers Place, the Oilers in Vancouver. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.55 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. This is Oilers Now. This fall, you can join the president of New West Travel, Dennis Laliberti, on an exclusive trip to Italy and Greece, a spectacular 16-day holiday with stops in Italy and the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice with daily guided tours. Then board NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise. You get the parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport as well. They're about 50% off on this trip, so book now. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. To NHL today for elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. Back in the studio at 630 Chad. Here's Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. 11 games across the NHL schedule tonight. The Senators host the Islanders. The Coyotes get the Flames on the second half of a back-to-back. And Montreal is playing out in San Jose. The Lightning can become the first team to clinch a playoff spot if they win over Minnesota tonight and get a little bit of help elsewhere. Columbus and Montreal losses would mean that they would be in. The Red Wings announcing today that defenseman Mike Green will miss the rest of the season recovering from a virus that's been affecting his liver since training camp. They'll also be without Dylan Larkin for tonight's game against the Rangers. He's nursing a back issue. Bakersfield Condors knocked off the San Jose Barracuda 8-4 on the road last night. Evan Poli, David Gust each had three-point nights and Shane Sturette made 33 saves and goal. They play in Stockton tomorrow night and then a rematch still on the road with the Barracuda on Saturday. The playoff-bound Edmonton Oil Kings have just five games left in the regular season. They visit the Calgary Hitmen tomorrow night. 7 o'clock puck drop at the Saddle Dome there. And the Canada West champion U of A Golden Bears still gearing up for the U Sports National Championship. That goes on February, or excuse me, March 14th down in Lethbridge, Bob. Alrighty, good stuff. Yeah, Bakersfield's going good, no question about it. Tyler Benson, five goals, 13 points, last 11 games. Cooper Maroney, last 11 games, has four goals and 13 points. Connor Yamamoto, talked to a couple people today. He's starting to get her going down there. Six goals in his last nine games. They've won 19 out of their last 20 hockey games. Not bad. 10 straight on the road. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, one of the most popular guests we have on the show, Brian Burke for Friends in Canadian Power Pack. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.